Hello and welcome to the Middle Ground Podcast, a podcast all about Baker Prairie Middle School. I am Kate Shively, your host, and very excited to be talking with you today about the things going on at Baker Prairie. Um, Aside from all the school opening stuff, which I will talk about at the end, February is a really cool month. So first of all, this is the end of National School Counseling Week, and Normally, I do some work in the school around advocacy for school counseling and just awareness, and it's an opportunity for me to share my gratitude with staff um, for all the work that they do with me and for me, and it was a little different this year being at home, so it also snuck up on me. I feel like time has just been this interesting, twisting thing um, in this pandemic, so I want to say happy National School Counseling Week to all counselors and also share my gratitude to everyone who helps make a school counseling program possible. So February is also Black History Month, and we are really excited as a school to be diving deeper into what that means. So this month, advisory classes are spending time exploring black history, and that encompasses a lot of things, um, like black representation, the historical accuracy. Like I've learned that there were actually a lot more cowboys of color than what was shown in movies. Um, Racism, black excellence, it's a lot of stuff that we get to cover. So I want to spend some time before I share our, our guest interview talking about why Black History Month is important and what that means for your student. So in 1960, six-year-old Ruby Bridges was the first black student to integrate into a white school. And I think the standout part of that statement to me is that it was just 60 years ago that schools were segregated and that is not long ago at all. Ruby Bridges is still alive and she's in her 60s. And I think, you know, it can feel like this part of our history is just long gone and it was ages ago. And the reality is that it isn't. So, yeah, we made progress. So, why do we have a Black History Month? In the big picture, Black History Month recognizes the contributions and achievements of Black Americans, as well as providing an opportunity for all citizens to learn about the effects of racism and how to challenge the negative stereotypes and systems that keep racism a part of our daily lives today. So we know that those things exist today. Um, As much progress as we've made, that's still a big part of our lives. And so one term you may be hearing is anti-racist. So we've moved from trying to just be not racist to being anti-racist because It does take action to make change, right? So if you dive into the details, Black History Month began as a concept back in 1926, which is a pretty long time ago. Um, That year, Carter G. Woodson, who is also known as the father of Black history, proposed a Negro History Week. His parents were enslaved, and he grew up to be an author, a historian, and the second African-American to earn a PhD at Harvard University. So he was kind of a big deal. With Negro History Week, Woodson proposed a week to showcase everything students learned about black history throughout the school year. Um, You know, he recognized that the American education system offered very little information about the accomplishments of African Americans. That's a change that truly we're still working on today. He's quoted as saying, those who have no record of what their forebears have accomplished lose the inspiration which comes from the teaching of biography and history. And I I think for me, even I identify a little bit with that statement, just growing up looking for, you know, females in powerful positions and um, and innovative things and in math and science. And there were there weren't a lot of those female role models for me. Um, And so if you think about for an entire population of 
black students having no representation or nothing to to be inspired by and to look at as an example, that's a pretty sad thing. Woodson also went on to found the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, now called the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. So it wasn't until 1976, and that is 16 years after Ruby Bridges set foot in William France Elementary School, that President Gerald Ford expanded the week into Black History Month, which we have today. So that's kind of the nerdier version of why we have Black History Month. From a counseling perspective, I am a, you know, I'm a school counselor, so this podcast comes from a counseling perspective. Um, I know that avoiding and ignoring issues is not a productive thing. So I see that spiral with students often where they get behind on a class. So then they stop wanting to come to that class, and they, so they stop coming to school. Then they get more behind, and that cycle continues and usually gets a lot worse as they often lie to parents or teachers and really end up spending a lot of energy on hiding how bad things are. So, I mean, that anxiety spikes, and it takes a lot of work to get back to where they started when that truth finally comes out. And I will say, as hard as that conversation is about the accountability and responsibility moving forward, every single time I have one of those meetings, I see the relief in the student that comes from finally not having to hide the truth and knowing that they are not in it alone anymore. So if we take that analogy and apply it to black history, it's not surprising that there is a strong desire to overlook those you know, really awful aspects of racism and racist violence in our own country. So as Dion Grayman, a trainer who works with schools on how to have, different, have difficult conversations about race points out, before we can move past racial harm, there needs to be truth, then accountability, and then maybe there's reconciliation. So this is really a great opportunity, not only to learn more about our own history and ways that we can act to make our world better for everyone, but it's also a great opportunity for us to model for our youth how to learn, how to be honest, and how to have dialogue about hard things. So the theme of Black History Month this year is the Black family, representation, identity, and diversity. And that theme is chosen by the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. Our students will learn about a variety of black leaders and notable figures, and I will just list them off here. Um, this is also a great list to reference if you are curious about some of these figures. So we have Quincy Jones, John Baxter Taylor, Serena Williams, Harriet Tubman, Alexa Kande, Phyllis Wheatley, James Baldwin, Amanda Gorman. That one may sound very familiar. She is a recent poet who has just exploded. Um, Claudette Colvin, Dr. Mae Jemison, Coco Goff, Madam C.J. Walker, Kamala Harris, Shirley Chisholm, W.E.B. Dubois, LeBron James, George Washington Carver, Benjamin Banneker, and Janet Mock. So it's a lot of names, and that doesn't even include all of the different just kind of facts that are being shared, like the cowboy one I shared earlier that I had no idea about. So we are only a week in, and already there are rich conversations being had about black history and also how that ties into Character Strong, which is the backbone of our social emotional learning. These things all go together. So I encourage you to open a dialogue with your student about what they're learning this month. And then, like I said, if you're interested, do some research yourself. There is a lot of good stuff out there and knowledge is a powerful tool and we can always learn more. So I started the podcast with some gratitude that I wanted to share and um, that's a happy accident to lead us into the interview I have with our guest that is also focused on gratitude and, and all things related to that. So here is the pre-recorded interview and I hope you enjoy. 
So today I have with me Mrs. Huggins. So welcome, Ms. Huggins. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. When, just to start, tell um, us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Baker Prairie. Okay. Well, I have been teaching, this is my 35th year in Canby School District, and um, I have taught at Knight Elementary School. I've taught at Lee Elementary School, Ackerman, and then ended up at Baker Prairie when they opened and have been there ever since. Um, I am married to Mr. Huggins, who teaches at Lee, he teaches fifth grade, and he has been teaching in the district for 36 years. And we have two kids. Our daughter Bree is, I always forget the ages. Hmm. Our daughter Bree is 27, and our son Spencer is 25. And they both are Canby School District graduates as well. Wow, that is a lot of experience in Canby. Holy yeah. cow. Um, when I, so I've only known you for a few years because I've only been in at Baker Prairie for a few years, but I do have a very distinct memory of you on a spirit day. I think it was a monochromatic color day. And I seen you come down those front stairs. So it kind of made it more dramatic in a pink wig, a pink, I don't know if it was a sweatshirt pants or just a full on jumpsuit, but everything pink from head to toe. And that is, yeah, that is one of my favorite memories. I think, um, of seeing you at school. Yeah. I think anyone who knows you knows that you love the color pink. I love pink and that was a really obnoxious outfit, let me tell you. <laughs> In the best way though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was challenged. So if somebody challenges me, I take it to the nth degree. Very competitive. I will not challenge you, I don't think, in anything. Um, well, and so you're here to talk today. I mean, we're just going to kind of talk about things that are relevant to Bigger Prairie. And in this pandemic specifically, there are some things that you and I have talked about um, before just about just kind of happiness, just general positivity and happiness. And so I wanted to talk with you today to I kind of broach that topic a little bit more deep, deeply. And um, I have talked about our SEL curriculum, Character Strong, on the podcast before. I did a little bit of a deeper dive into what that is. And so I bring that up now because you and I had a conversation last year. Um, and I think I also had asked you to share it with the staff about these happiness practices that you were doing. And these new habits were really having a positive impact on you. And I think also the people around you. So to kick it off, can you talk a little more about that? Sure, well, Character Strong is a very valuable um, lesson plan that we are able to follow in advisory and I'm really thankful for it. Um, and it just, it just encourages positivity in your daily life. So even if you just take a smidge of something, just a little something like, um, send somebody a positive email or tell somebody that they look nice today and be serious about it. Um, it, it really lightens up your day and just, you know, even smiling or going out of your way just a little bit to help somebody goes a long way. <clears throat> and this year it's been really important in the pandemic because we've talked a lot about things that we're thankful for. So daily, I am thankful for my health my job, the students that I get to teach because they are amazing students. Um, and just having that curriculum and thinking positively about being thankful for things really brightens my day. That's the way I start my day as I'm, what I, I think about what I'm thankful for. Like I agree, I think that's important perspective having um, because there are like things can feel really hard. And I think right now really overwhelming and 
you know, there's, there's some hope for things to get back to some sense of normalcy soon, but it, we don't know how long that's going to take. So it can feel like we're just never going to get, things are never going to get any better. And so having that, that practice, like you're talking about of finding those things you're grateful for and the good things is really important to remind us that no, like they're still good there. And like, we're going to be okay. And we're going to make exactly. it. Well, and then, you know, at the beginning of the school year, of course we had the fires. And so I'm a runner and I run every morning. I get up at 5:15 and I run and I used to think, oh, it's so dark. It's the, the, you know, kind of a Debbie Downer kind of a thing. But now since the fires, I've been like, I am thankful for fresh air. I am thankful to walk out my front door every morning. And I'm not complaining at all that it's dark. <laughs> it's just, um, it's just a real blessing to be able to have the ability to go outside for one thing and two, feel safe and um, three, feel healthy. I like the simplicity of all of that too. It's like the things you can be that you're thankful for don't have to be major things. They can be really simple things in the same way you can do really simple things to make someone else feel better. Like it's not a huge, you have to write them a poem or anything right. like that. You just tell someone they look nice. I really like that. The simplicity yeah. of all that. Yeah. And I talk to my students about, you know, being sincere about when they give a compliment as opposed to being, you know, kind of um, sarcastic about it because sometimes we can have fun with sarcasm, but we always have to make sure that that person understands that, you know, we're just teasing them a little bit. Um, but I had a, um, Brian's stepdad who passed away a few years ago would always tell me if he didn't love me, he wouldn't tease me. So I always, I hated it when he teased me cause he did relentlessly, but at the end, he'd always tell me how much he loved me. So I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. When I think too, um, we've talked a little bit about this, you know, outside of the podcast, you're with the character strong that happens in your advisory class. And you talk really, I mean, like fondly of your advisory class and it's, it's one of those things where that like character strong doesn't work if you don't have that relationship with your kids for them to be like, want to participate um, in things like that. And so you have an understanding of each other. So like your, you know, your father-in-law can, can tease you because you understand he loves you. And so for you with your advisory class and character strong, you have that like good foundation where you can understand each other um, right. better to have those moments with each other. Well, and I have, I have an eighth grade advisory and they are absolutely amazing. I mean, I will, I tell them that every day because they always have something, if we're having a discussion, even if they don't talk, they talk, they chat with me privately or chat with each other. Um, and everything is super positive. Um, when we had conferences and I got to meet with all my advisory students and parents, you know, I could see the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You know, they, we've got some great families at Baker Prairie. And um, I just was super lucky this year and got the best advisory in the whole white world. I think they're probably also lucky to have you. That's a good combination of things right there. Thank you. Well, and so, I mean, with your focus on that and, and also just the awareness and the intention that you put into making sure that you are coming in with an attitude of, of being grateful um, and positive, like, how do you think that approach affects how you do things at school and not just in your personal life? Oh, okay. Well, like, it's kind of hard virtually, to be honest with you, but, um, you know, just even though <laughs> I don't see my advisory, I see little black boxes with white letters in it. Um, occasionally 
like with, especially with this, um, with this donut challenge that we have, because my advisory loves donuts. Um, you know, if I say five, four, three, two, one, turn on your camera, they do. I don't, may not see them, but, um, you know, it's, it's just nice to know that they're there and that they're listening. And, and I really feel like they are taking in all the things that the SEL program asks us to do. And, um, yeah, and they know they're pretty amazing. So they remind me of that every day too. Case <laughs> you should forget, that's so good. They're able to remind you of how great they are. <laughs> exactly. I love the confidence there. I have um, one student, Ronan, who always says, uh-uh, we are not the best advisory at Baker Prairie. We're the best advisory in the world. <laughs> so yes, Ronan, you are. There's some healthy self-esteem. <laughs> well, I guess I'll switch a little bit here. Um, what's something that you've learned about yourself through distance learning? And that can be something like just about yourself or maybe how you approach teaching, but what's something that you've learned in this experience? Oh my goodness. I mean, I think back to last spring and how many tears there were trying to figure out technology because I am a paper pencil kind of person. And um, I love to hold, you know, I don't like reading my Kindle because I like to hold on to a book. And so when I would teach, I love to, to, I know this sounds sick, but I love to bring home the papers, the physical papers to be able to grade them um, and not have to be looking at a screen all the time. <clears throat> and so that was super difficult. And I didn't understand how to do Google Classroom. Um, so every day I like, I'm still proud of myself because every day, like I learned something. Um, today I learned how to make my own live Google doc, which kind of sounds silly, but I have a really great team who has helped me um, with all of our postings and things, but they gave me a task and they trusted me and I was able to do it. Brian helped me a little bit too, my husband. So, um, but it's been, it's so different. It's days go too fast, periods go too fast. Um, I know we only have a half an hour, but even when we were in school, 52 minutes with some of my favorite kids was not enough time. Um, so I just really miss, um, I just really miss school. And, and I even miss like high fives, which, you know, I'm not a very touchy feely person, but I would be so grateful just to be able to like see some of these kids and meet them and see what they look like and tell them a joke and have them see that, you know, see me too. So it's been a long road. Um, and gosh, I miss them. I just miss them. One of the common quotes in Character Strong is who needs character education? It's all of us, right? It's not just students, it's we need it too. And I think I appreciate just your realness about the experience and what it is, because it shows that resilience and the humility and the kindness for yourself that you have to have along with the kindness for others in a situation like this where we weren't prepared. Um, and so I do, I think that's really cool the way you talk about school and, and your attitude and yourself is a, kind of like a continuing learning things. Cause I think sometimes kids forget and we forget adults don't have it all figured out all the time. Nope. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. And, and it's pretty cool. Um, I got to do a character strong um, workshop in December and listen to, I can't think of the guy's name. Help me with him. Um, Was it Houston? Yeah. Houston, just the cutest kid. Oh my goodness. And so positive. And I just really enjoyed listening to him and all of his, his, uh, 
you know, where his lessons come from and how he lives his life. I just think, um, I think Character Strong is a priceless curriculum. I'm very biased, but I would agree. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, so what would you say to families who are struggling with finding hope, um, positivity, gratitude, things like that in this pandemic? Boy, that is a tough question because it's really, really easy to look at the negative side of things. And um, so I, I think that we just have to take the little things that even just a little glimmer and hold on to that and be thankful, you know, just be thankful that maybe you have cereal in the morning or something, but just, um, and, and the hope that someday this vaccine is gonna take hold and we'll be back to some semi-normal. I don't see that we'll ever be back to normal, normal because we've all learned so much during this time, but I would just suggest and, and I'm kind of lucky because Brian has always been Mr. Positive and um, he always, if I say something negative, he says, okay, well, let's turn around and look at the bright side. So it's a practice that um, I've learned from him in our 35 years of marriage. Um, and so just hold on even to the littlest thing and, and have hope. I think that's really good advice. And that you need, sometimes you might need someone else to help you do that. And that's okay. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you could wake up and say, oh, it's really cloudy outside. And, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. And, you know, you got to, you got to say, okay, this is going to be a good day. One good thing's going to happen today. And maybe that good thing is the only, is that you get out of bed, <laughs> but it's something good. Thank you so much. I always love talking with you about things like this. Um, again, partially because of the realness, but also because of how passionate you are about it. So it makes it fun and easy to talk about. <laughs> Thank you. So now we are on to the second part of our conversation, which is the gauntlet. So I will ask you a series of questions. These are rapid fire. Just give me your first thought response to these Perfect. questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, your favorite color that is not pink. Oh, okay. Purple. Oh. <laughs> Still it's, the grandmother. it's the grandmother of pink. I'm going to adopt that saying. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite book? Um, my favorite book of all time would be, hang tight. Gosh, that's hard. Cause I love to read. For a language arts teacher. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd have to say, because I get really excited about this book, The Outsiders, cause I love teaching that book and kids love the book. And what is your favorite season? I like the fall because it reminds me of the year that I met Brian. I met Brian the fall of my senior year in Ashland. And that's when the, um, it has, we have a beautiful park down there and um, the leaves are changing color and it's getting kind of cooler. And it just reminds me of falling in love. It's like the sweetest answer I've had to that question. <laughs> um, what is your favorite pandemic activity? Definitely running. Yeah, I, it makes me thankful that I'm my, in my lungs, I can breathe in fresh air. I feel, I feel thankful that we have fresh air here in Oregon. Um, we were at the beach this, this past weekend and we were talking about how thankful we are for beach air, the salty air. And then also we love to snowshoe. So we were talking about how crisp the air is at Mount Hood. So how lucky we are to have 
both of those environments to get away, you know, to get away to and do something fun. Absolutely. And describe your middle school self in three words. Well, I was, I was definitely kind of overweight. There's one word. Um, I was geeky and I had a bad haircut. <laughs> See, this is my favorite question because I hear every time I get an answer that so is not what I would imagine that the adult that I know would be like in middle school. So I love, that's one of my favorite questions. And I just can't picture you as a middle schooler at all. I really uh, <laughs> Very, un, it's a very unsure time in life, but, but you know, middle school kids, you know, you're going to get through it and you're going to be some amazing adults. And the last question, and this is a, for the record, should we have a designated nap time at school? This is for students. This is for staff. Should we have a designated nap time? I love naps and I take a nap probably every day when I can. And my daughter who's 27 now would say when I was, when she was little, mommy, I don't understand why you want to take naps. And now at the age that she is, she goes, oh, I love naps. So yes, I definitely would vote for naps. Fantastic. We're at hundred percent, just so you know, every person I have asked has said, yes, let's do that. So I think we're on, we're on our way. We just need our carpet squares. Oh man. I... <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. Wow. That was awesome. Thank you for interviewing me. It was a pleasure. And um, Baker Prairie students, I just want you to know, I miss you and I miss our staff. And when we come back, we are going to be character Baker Prairie strong. Thank you again, Ms. Huggins, for the interview and also just ending on such a positive and encouraging note. We recognize how tough all of this is and even, you know, the glimmers of hope that we get, it's still a really hard thing. And um, I appreciate the focus on like using this time to become stronger in the ways that we can. So thank you for that message. We do have a couple of updates for Baker Prairie. First one being, it is the end of semester one. So semester's over today, February 5th. If your student has any missing assignments, you need to make sure they get those in. Our grade day is Monday, February 8th. So we just wanna make sure that, again, the grade that your student has reflects their abilities. And the other one is that you have likely already heard that the district has released start dates for all levels. So right now, secondary is after spring break on March 29th. So that is still a non-school day for students, but that is the start of the hybrid model for now. There are a lot of details to be figured out between now and then as that was just announced. And so we will keep you posted as things happen. If you are curious about our school blueprint, you can visit the BPMS website and the blueprint is right on our home page. So you're welcome to check that out. Know that there will be a survey coming to you in the future to determine the numbers for each of the programs we have to offer. So the hybrid program, the connected at home learning, so the, the one we're currently doing, and then our COLA, which is full online learning. Now I wanna offer a shout out to the parents who showed up for the parent support group. We know this is a tough time. Again, we say this so many times, but it's a tough time for everyone, but everyone has their own unique struggles depending on the groups you're a part of, right? Um, we have staff who are also parents. We have staff who are just staff. Um, we have folks who are high risk or who are worried about high risk people and um, have students at home and, or maybe are just supporting students, whatever group you're in. Um, it was a very 
cool thing for me to get to start the parent group at Baker Prairie and um, just make sure there's someone to facilitate that moving forward. So I played very little part in that. Um, but it was a really cool thing to see community members who are parents step up and say, you know what, we just want to be able to like lean on each other, have some camaraderie and some support and um, just another avenue to know that you're not alone. I also want to give a shout out to our administrators who are working furiously to try to make a plan in the short time that we have between the announcement of our, our open date and the actual open date to get things going. And so they are working thanklessly and tirelessly. And I want to thank them here because we know the work they do is really important and takes a lot of time and thought and energy. And you're trying to please people on, on all different opinion levels. And so that's a really hard and nearly impossible thing to do. So thank you for all your work, uh, Ms. Turner and Mr. Opperman. As usual, we are going to end on a high note. So I'm going to let this high note play us out. <laughs> so this week's high note comes to us from a four-year-old. Her name is Milan Marie, and she, you may have heard this already, she has made up a song that is quickly becoming the quarantine anthem, and one that we can all relate to since we have been stuck inside for a very long time. Milan Marie regularly bursts into song and her mother, Javon often films her doing this, and this song in particular, when posted, had more than 265,000 views. So clearly we have all decided collectively we identify with this song. So this is called Leave Me Alone. If you want to hear more of Milan Marie's songs, you can follow her at Love Milan Marie on Instagram and watch all the adorable videos. So I'm going to let her play us out of this episode. So as we always say, stay kind, Baker Prairie. Happy semester two. Hey, Joe, Jimmy.